1: Search for Jack on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts for the ride of your life. Whee! What to build? What to build? Oh, come on, Lucy! Wow, you're a builder. You're a maker. You're a... I got it! Tool call. Hammer. Hammer. Wrench. Wrench. Drill. Drill. Great job, Kapow. Great job, Kapow. Oh, no, wait, that's me. Great job, Lucy Wow. Oh, brother. Now all we have to do is turn this thing on. (laughs) Let the show begin. Hello, one and all. It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, coming to you live from Lucy Wow's barn in Pflugerville. Now, you may know me best as Lucy Wow's sidekick and Flugerville's official tin can taster, but today I'll be your host as we discuss my favorite subject, invention. Now, you may be thinking, why does Kapow love invention so much? Well, my friends, I'll tell you why. I love invention because I was invented. That's right. Every inch of me from my body made of tools to my butt that plays music like a boombox was invented by Lucy Wow. How could I not love inventions when I am one? Inventions are everywhere, and so are inventors. In fact, you might be an inventor yourself and not even know it. Anyone from anywhere can be an inventor. All it takes to get started is a little imagination and a whole lot of determination. Which brings us to today's inventor, George de Mistral. No inventor ever had more determination than old George. He's famous for inventing Velcro, which means he's the reason you can tie your shoes, even if you don't know how to tie your shoes. But as you're about to hear, just because Velcro is easy to use, doesn't mean it was easy to invent. Also, I wonder how Velcro tastes like. George was born a long way from Pflugerville in a tiny town in Switzerland in 1907. Back then, they didn't have computers, podcasts, or mechanical pygmy goats. So George kept himself busy by inventing. By the age of 12, he'd invented all sorts of things, even a new kind of toy airplane. But while his toy airplane was definitely cool, It never really took off. (laughs) Get it? Because planes take off? In fact, it would take another 20 years for George to come up with an idea that really stuck. (laughs) Because Velcro sticks! Ah, I did it again! Man, I'm good at podcasting. As an inventor, it's important to have an open mind because a great idea can come to you at any time. For George, his great idea came when he was 34 years old and hiking with his dog. He noticed that his pants and his friend's fur were covered in burrs as they hiked through the Alps. A burr is a spiky ball that grows on certain kinds of plants, and they stick to everything. Most people just brush them off in irritation, but George wasn't irritated. He was curious. He decided to study the spiky burrs under a microscope and figure out how they worked. That night, when he looked through a lens, he saw that a burr was actually thousands of tiny microscopic hooks, which made a perfect tool for attaching to fabric. Or a dog. These little hooks gave George an idea. If he could build a synthetic burr, it could be used to connect pieces of cloth, just like a zipper or a button, but even faster and easier. Synthetic, by the way, means something made by humans to imitate something that already exists in nature. Like me, I'm a synthetic pygmy goat. (laughs) Uh. Now, creating tiny microscope hooks by hand may have been a good idea, but it was not an easy one. In fact, it took years, lots of them. But George never gave up. And finally, in 1955, he successfully designed a synthetic burr. He then took out a $150,000 loan to turn this invention into a company. He called this company Velcro. Velcro is a combination of his favorite kind of fabric, velvet, and the French word for hook, crochet. George now had a cool company with a cool name but he also had an uncool problem. He could only make the hooks by hand, and it took forever. But like I said, George was determined. So he spent more years working until he finally built a machine that could make Velcro as fast as he could sell it. The only problem was no one wanted to buy it. You see, George was a smart and determined man, but he wasn't a stylish man. Fashion designers thought Velcro looked ragged when compared to fancy buttons, shiny zippers, and trendy laces. Mm -mm, This story is making me hungry. Anyway, although Velcro was a brilliant way to close up a pair of pants or tighten a pair of sneakers, because of how it looked, the fashion world wouldn't have anything to do with it. But you know George, he wasn't about to give up. (laughs) And it's a good thing he didn't. Because one day, NASA came calling. That's right, the American Space Agency was interested in George's Velcro. You see, in space, there's no gravity. Gravity is the thing that keeps you, the chair you're sitting on, the phone you're listening to, from flying away. Without gravity, anything you put in your pocket would float away like a balloon. Astronauts needed a way to keep objects attached to themselves, and Velcro was the answer. Next thing George knew, astronauts were covered in Velcro. And once Velcro had been to space, it wasn't just stylish, it was super duper stylish. Like, come on, who wouldn't want to dress like an astronaut? Because of the space age craze, Velcro was suddenly wanted everywhere by everyone. And just like that, after 30 years of hard work and a trip to space, George's idea was out in the world, impacting people's lives. (laughs) So you see kids, you can never let a few speed bumps stop you. If you want to be an inventor like George or Lucy Wow, you need determination. Because even a good idea sometimes has to go to the moon and back before it succeeds on Earth. Oh, hi there. It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, beaming into your ears all the way from Pflugerville. In case you didn't know, I'm Lucy Wow's sidekick. What does a sidekick do? Well, I help her with her inventions, adventures, and her french fries. Being a sidekick has allowed me to learn a lot of things. I've learned how to drive a bathtub car, I've learned how to dip french fries in motor oil to make them extra delicious, and I've learned that inventions are everywhere. It's true, they're all over the place. In fact, sometimes you get so used to a thing being there, you forget that someone had to dream it up and invent it first. Today, I wanna give a little attention to an invention that plays a part in your life that you probably didn't even think about. The flat-bottom brown paper bag. I mean, have you ever seen a brown paper bag tree? Have you ever gone digging for paper bags? Have you ever looked up at a cloud and said, oh boy, looks like it's about to start raining flat-bottom paper bags any second? Of course not, because there's no such thing as a flat bottom paper bag in nature. Someone invented them, and that someone's name was Margaret Knight. Margaret was born in Maine in 1838. Now, the early 1800s were a very exciting time in the United States called the Industrial Revolution. During this time, factories, engines, and machines were starting to be used to mass produce, which is a term for making a lot of something real fast. Perhaps this is what inspired Margaret to become an inventor. But whatever it was, as a kid, she was a super passionate tinkerer and builder, just like Lucy Wow. In fact, around her hometown, she was famous for her kites and sleds. All of the other kids wanted them. Now, Margaret was a great student But at 12 years old, she had to leave school and go work at a cotton mill to help support her family. This would be illegal in America today because we now know kids need to go to school and get smart so they can design more mechanical pygmy goats. But back then, Not only could factories hire children to do dangerous jobs, they could work them all day for very little pay. In case you were wondering, a cotton mill is where they use giant machines called looms to weave threads into cotton fabric, which can then be used to make things like clothes. Before cotton mills, every item of clothing had to be made by hand. Margaret quickly noticed that at the mill she worked at, people were always getting hurt. The looms would start to break and shoot off huge pieces of metal all the time. This was a really big problem. Margaret may have only been 12, but she was already an inventor. And when an inventor sees a problem, she tries to fix it. And so she did. She created a safety system that was immediately used, not just where she worked, but in all the cotton mills across the country. It saved thousands of lives. But even though Margaret had made the cotton mill safer, it still wasn't a great place to work. So when she got older, she left and took a job at the Columbia Paper Bag Company in Springfield, Massachusetts. Now a teenager, Margaret looked around the bag company and instantly saw ways to make it better. You see, back then, every paper bag was folded by hand. (laughs) Just picture it, hundreds of children in a factory folding paper bags for less than a dollar a day. And they weren't even allowed to eat any of the paper bags. Oh, I love eating paper bags. Anyway. Margaret looked at all these poorly folded bags and unhappy workers and decided to fix it all. She started to experiment with building a machine that would cut and fold the paper automatically. Eventually, she succeeded in building this perfect bag maker. It was made of gold-colored metal gears and springs mounted on a deep brown hardwood frame. It was fast and efficient, and coolest of all, the machine squared the bottom of the bags. Now. This may not seem like a big deal, but it was huge! Before this, most bags were the shape of an ice cream cone or a plain tube. And this meant they could only hold a small amount of food or tools. Here's a way to picture it. If we went out for ice cream and there was a skinny cone or a square box, which would allow you to carry more ice cream without spilling it? The box, right? And now picture me eating that ice cream and the box. Mmm. I love box-flavored ice cream. (laughs) But back to Margaret. Her machine was so fast and good at its job that soon everyone was using square-bottom bags. Suddenly, people were able to carry more things, which made life easier for everyone, including you and me. Now, Margaret had invented many things before this, but she never patented any of them. Patenting is a way of letting everyone know that you've invented it so that no one can steal your idea. Margaret knew her bag machine was gonna be a money maker, so this time she tried to get a patent. This was considered a bold move for a woman in the 19th century, a backwards time when women weren't treated as equal to men. It wasn't easy for Margaret to get the credit she deserved. Margaret had to fight tooth and nail to get the patent, but you know what? Got it! But she wasn't done, not even close. She kept on inventing. In fact, at the age of 70, she was still working all day at inventing. She would go on to successfully file for more than 20 patents and create over 100 unique inventions. Today, there's even a version of her paper bag machine at the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History. Like I said earlier, it's easy to forget that everyday objects were invented. You take them for granted. But every time you pick up a bag with a flat bottom that allows you to carry more food from your car to your kitchen, try to remember that a brilliant woman made that for you. Thanks, Margaret Knight.
0: Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. During Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it.
1: Me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, beaming to your earbuds all the way from Pflugerville. You probably know me as Lucy Wow's sidekick, though some people are more familiar with my accomplishments as a world champion eater of sneakers, high tops, boots, and flip flops. Oh, I just got hungry. I'm also an expert on the subject of invention. It surprises some people that I can be so many things. But trust me, there are no limits in this world. You can be a toolbox and a boombox, a cool sidekick and an eater of cool kicks. <laughs> Which brings us to today's inventor, Hedy Lamar. Hetty was, like me, a lot of things. She was an amazing inventor. She was also a movie star. Let's see how she was able to become both. Heidi was born in Vienna, Austria in 1914. Her original last name was Kiesler, but that was changed later in life to Lamar. As a child, Heidi was fascinated by theater and film, but she also loved science and invention. So while she spent a lot of her time competing in and winning beauty contests as a child, she also spent time with her father in the local forest, where he would explain how the world, nature, and technology worked. Hetty attended a private school where she received piano, ballet, language, and science lessons, and as she grew older, her love for both arts and science grew with her equally. But like I said earlier, sometimes the world expects you to choose. So after school, she decided to focus on acting. She acted in a number of Austrian, German, and Czech films, and soon was a European movie star. During this time, she also got married to an Austrian weapon maker who taught her a great deal about how weapons and ammunition work. So there she was, 23 successful, famous, and rich, but she wasn't happy. Why not? Because back then, there was a hateful movement growing against the Jewish people called Nazism, and Hedy's husband was a part of it. He demanded she renounce her heritage, but Hedy wasn't about to let ignorance, fear, and hate change who she was. So instead, she stayed true to herself and escaped to America. Soon, she had signed a contract with MGM Studios where she was promoted as the world's most beautiful woman. With a promotion like that, it didn't take long for Hetty to become a star in America. But as her star rose in Hollywood, the Nazis rose to power in Europe. Hetty wasn't able to enjoy her American success while so many people, including her fellow Jews, were suffering in Europe. So she turned her attention to helping America fight the Nazis in World War II. Back then, the news was filled with stories about the horror of the war, but one story in particular caught Hetty's attention. The Nazi army was successfully stopping the American Navy's radio-controlled torpedoes. Hetty went straight to her friend George Antheil with an idea. George was a composer at MGM Studios, which means he wrote music for movies. But like Hetty, he was also a scientist. Hetty's idea was to create a system that constantly changed radio frequencies, making it difficult for the Nazis to decode the messages that controlled the torpedoes. This would give the American Navy an advantage. With Hetty's intelligence, backed with her knowledge of weapons from her ex-husband, plus Antheel's passion for radio, their system was a quick success. The problem was, the Navy refused to accept it. Not only did the invention come from a civilian, it came from a movie star. How could a movie star possibly come up with something so complex and ahead of its time? As the invention sat unused, Hetty continued on in Hollywood and found other ways to help with the war effort, such as performing for troops overseas and raising money for veterans. But over time, her patented invention caught the attention of scientists around the world. After World War II had ended, in the 1950s, the Navy finally adopted the technology. But as radio torpedoes grew obsolete, the technology that Hetty invented stayed current and useful. In fact, the methods described in her patent assisted greatly in the development of Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. That's right! If Hetty hadn't taken time away from being a movie star to help the US Navy fight Nazis, you wouldn't be able to listen to this podcast like you are now! Hedy Lamar never had any formal training, yet she never let that stop her from changing the world. She was able to incorporate her life experiences and artistic imagination into one of the most important inventions of the technological age. But despite all this, the Lamar and Tiel duo was not recognized or rewarded for their work for decades. Finally, in 2014, they got their credit and were inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. And you know what? She also got a star on Hollywood Boulevard. But there's one thing Hetty could never do. Play music out of her butt! <laughs> That's a Kapow specialty. Well, folks, we've come to the end of this episode of Kapow's Power of Invention podcast. Come back tomorrow when I'll be covering more inventors and inventions. And don't forget, Friday's listener mail If you've got a question about the world of Go Kid Go shows, Flugerville, or Lil' Omi, send it to kapow at gokidgo.com you might get your question read live on the show. (laughs) It's very exciting. Have yourself an inventive day. Make something, build something, go big, and then go bigger. Until next time, this is Kapow signing off. Go kid, go.
0: Whether you like to test yourself on what you know, or you're interested in learning a bunch of cool new facts, you are bound to enjoy Five for Five Trivia, a podcast all about trivia knowledge. Every week has a different theme like amusement parks, creepy animals, video games, the universe, and a whole lot more. And each day, you try to get Five for Five right on those trivia topics and hopefully learn something new along the way. Is a shark a fish or a mammal? Which spell does Harry Potter use most often? You can answer those questions and more on Five for Five Trivia. So if you're ready to challenge yourself and give yourself a big high five for the things you know, be sure to check out Five for Five Trivia, available wherever you listen to your podcasts.